Hello and welcome to All for Animals. I am your host, Rachel, and we've got a pretty cool topic today. It's not the usual animal professional, but it is a professional who happens to have an animal. <laughs> and that would be coal miners who were smart enough to take advantage of the amazing ability of sentinel species such as canaries to protect their own selves from dangerous fumes and the, the buildup of toxic gases that would also eventually lead to explosions in those mines. Now the definition of a sentinel species is organisms, often animals, used to detect risks to humans by providing advanced warning of a danger. The term primarily applies in the context of environmental hazards rather than those from other sources. Some animals can act as sentinels because they may be more susceptible or have greater exposure to a particular hazard than humans in the same environment. People have long observed animals for signs of impending hazards or evidence of environmental threats. Plants and other living organisms have also been used for these purposes. So essentially, think of our modern day carbon monoxide detectors. Those essentially evolved from the use of sentinel species, such as the canary, which I think is just so amazing. If you really think about it, the, the, t the change in our technology over time is incredible. And I love when people and animals find a way to kind of reach a little bit of that symbiosis. A few examples of some more unique sentinel species are Japanese cats with quote unquote dancing cat fever from mercury contaminated fish. Um, then there are dogs in urban areas who developed tonsil cancer due to smoke and exhaust inhalation. And then even cows were the first to show signs of the West Nile virus when it made its way to the Western Hemisphere. So pretty cool stuff and ways that these animals essentially warned us humans that there was something that was potentially going to cause us harm. Now, canaries were used specifically to detect ga deadly gases and fumes in British coal mines from 1906 to 1986. And if you're anything like me, you might be wondering why canaries specifically. Your feathered friends are extra sensitive to fumes. And this is the reason, well, it's, it's, it's at, least, at least a reason <laughs> why it's always recommended to keep their uh, birdcage away from the kitchen as the, the fumes from the nonstick pans, cooking oils, and smoke can all be extremely harmful to the little guys as well as the fact that, you know, birds are messy. So that's kind of a sanitation issue. You, d you don't want their, their poo in your kitchen. <laughs> but I digress. So canaries are a little extra sensitive to those fumes because they are high altitude flyers. So in order to help them fly higher in the air than other birds, their lungs have specialized little air sacs that essentially take in double the amount of air that other little creature creatures like mice, for example, might breathe in. So the birdies, they would display symptoms far before a human would notice any symptoms at all from inhaling deadly gases. 
and that would let the miners know that they needed to hightail it out of the mine as quickly as possible. And that gives the miners such a huge head start that they wouldn't have had if they were relying on their own senses alone. Huge, huge deal. Canaries also are singing, basically, at all times. Their song is, is gorgeous, and it could carry through the tunnels, and that would make it easy for all of the men down there to hear if the singing suddenly stops. It's kind of like the opposite of a very, very loud smoke detector going off and telling everyone they're in danger. So as soon as they would stop hearing that, that song, they would know, oh crap, it's time to move. The original idea to use canaries as living poison detectors is said to have come from John Scott Haldane. And he was a British physiologist who was known for studying the, the physiology of respiration and analysis of gases. Now, a fun little fact here, he is also responsible for coming up with the decompression tables. Now, when I say tables, don't think operating table or kitchen table. Think like times tables uh, because it's like a, like a calculation used by deep sea divers to calculate the safest ascent rates to avoid the bends. And he also invented the very first gas masks used to protect soldiers from the um, chlorine gas that German troops were using during World War I. So in 1896, after an explosion at Tylerstown Colliery in Wales, which killed 57 people, and a, a colliery, colliery for everybody uh, wondering what that meant is just kind of another word for a mine. Um, John Scott Haldane was asked to find out the cause of that explosion. And over his investigation, he discovered it was a buildup of carbon monoxide. And carbon monoxide, if you don't know, is an odorless gas, and it's extremely toxic to humans and animals. So we, as modern-day humans, are also usually uh, required to have like carbon monoxide detectors in our homes because sometimes um, if there's like a malfunction in your heating system or anything like that, then those fumes could be building up in your house with you being completely unaware. Usually you only find out that there has been an issue with carbon monoxide once you start displaying symptoms and you and your family are getting sick. Those symptoms can be things like severe headaches, very, very intense um, fatigue, nausea, and even things like losing consciousness. But they're not, they're not such specific symptoms that people would necessarily recognize them as, oh, okay, this has to be carbon monoxide poisoning right away. So people might sometimes even confuse it for, oh, I must be getting the flu or something like that and stay in that house or building of whatever kind thinking that they are just coming down with something. And then that's where more damage occurs over time. After dust has settled after an explosion in one of these mines, the, the dangerous gas levels can still be too high to be safe for the rescuers trying to locate the, the people who are still trapped. So Haldane invented a special little cage, just large enough for the canary to sit on a little perch. 
And the bird would be at the very front of all of the emergency personnel, uh, just kind of journeying down into the cage, letting them know when it was no longer safe to go forward or further down into the mine. And they would know because suddenly the bird would either stop singing or completely just fall off of its perch. But don't worry about the poor canaries, because if you're anything like me, the, then the first thing that you were <laughs> worried about is, well, what happened to the canary? Well, that little cage that we just talked about that, that Haldane invented for the canary to sit in isn't the only thing he invented for the canaries. He also created a special resuscitation box to revive their little feathered friends, which I find just so very heartwarming. It includes a special door, and I'm going to put pictures of this on Instagram as well, all for animals podcast. So check that out when we drop the episode. Um, it has a special door that would be left open to allow air to flow in to the tiny cage for the bird to breathe, but it uh, kept it from escaping with a, a little piece of mesh. And then when the canary would show signs of gas exposure by stopping its song, falling off its perch, something like that, the little door would be shut and there's a valve on the side that is attached to an oxygen tank that the miner would then open up that valve and give that bird a fresh supply of safe air for the duration of the time it would take for the miners to get out of the tunnel. And I just, I love the companionship and the consideration these men are, are are displaying or were displaying for their little canary friends. I was I was also very relieved to find out that the canaries weren't just dying right and left because growing up hearing the phrase canary in a coal mine, I really did always think that the, the canary was keeling over dead, not just passing out from the uh the fumes and this this little device is it's pretty cool looking it almost looks like a tiny little submarine <laughs> for the the little canary and so just anytime people go to the lengths especially in earlier history when it was so much more difficult to create these types of inventions and everything anytime those lengths are taken for something as tiny as a little canary just warms my heart because it goes to show number one that the people the people working with these these animals, they understand that the animals have a great benefit to them, but it also shows that the people care about the well-being of the animals. Because otherwise, it would be just as simple to just, you know, almost factory farm the, the canaries and just have new ones on deck at all times. But that wasn't, that wasn't humane, and that wasn't what the miners and everybody involved in these projects wanted to do. They wanted to make sure that each bird was safe and delivered back to its home safely every time it was exposed to anything in the mines. And I just, I, I think that's sweet, very wholesome. And I just, I love the image of these like dirty, burly, rough worn men caring so tenderly for these little tiny, gorgeous, beautiful animals and bonding with them and watching out for them. And I even read that there were quite a few of the, the miners who were not so thrilled when new technology began to replace the canary. I found a quote from the BBC about this. 
quote, there are, they are so ingrained in the culture, miners report whistling to the birds and coaxing them as they worked, treating them as pets, unquote. And then I have another quote from the Daily Mail Historical Archive. Quote, there's something about hearing them singing when you start work that lifts the spirits. There's no doubt that collieries will be less colorful and quieter places without them. And again, a, a collier is another word for a mine. As, as well as, here's another quote, batteries can fail, canaries don't, which I love. It shows just how much trust these men had in their birds, and it's very succinct and to the point. <laughs> so canaries were finally retired from their long line of duty on December 30th, 1986. And this was in Britain. There, it was a little bit different of a timeline depending upon other countries. Like in the U.S., I read that it was about 10 years later uh, that the canaries were replaced. And they were being replaced by a little gizmo called the electric nose, which it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a little electronic gizmo that would sample the air and display the levels of gas in the air on a very small screen so that people could look at the screen and know if there was something going awry. I still feel like listening for the Canary song is a much more delightful way of getting the job done, but I definitely, I, I, I'm so glad that we found a more humane way to keep the people safe, but I am still so glad that the humans in this not only recognize the many ways that, that there are animal companions in the world, help us but are also, or they were so compassionate and protective of these little guys that it, it gives me some hope for humanity. So everybody that's listened before knows that I'm pretty fond of finding things that I might want to turn into a series or something like that. If anybody has heard of any other like scientific inventions that were basically replacements for an animal that used to do that job, please let me know because I think this is such an interesting just kind of perspective on history that I don't I don't know if we really get much exposure to in other parts of our lives. I would love to include more information about the various ways that animals paved the way for us to create something new and some new technology or whatever the case may be that would allow us to live better, happier, more safe and contented lives. And I think it's a great way to honor the animals who contributed to the way our society gets by now. I just, I think that's, I don't know. I like looking at it that way. <laughs> so if anybody has a story or a, an invention that they know was the replacement to an animal counterpart, please, please, please submit those stories or ideas or inventions to allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. I am eager to hear if anybody has heard of any of these other types of uh, gizmos being invented to replace animals, because there have to be. It can't possibly just be <laughs> canaries. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you next time. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook at All for Animals Pod. We're a little bit more active on Instagram, All for Animals Podcast. And for those who are more TikTok inclined, the show also has a TikTok now. 
You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please also uh, like and review us. That helps us to get seen by more eyeballs and just kind of grow our audience. So thank you everyone for listening. 